Teaching Ministry of Pastor Taiwo Udukoya, the Senior Pastor of the Founding of Life Church. It is our prayer that the message you're about to hear will no doubt shapen your destiny in Christ. Be blessed as you listen. We give Him praise. We give Him honor. Father, I know you are ready for us. And as we open your word, Father, give understanding in the name of Jesus, even as I receive utterance from your spirit in the name of Jesus. Let there be blessings today for everyone under the sound of my voice. And let all the glory return to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Open your Bibles with me to the gospel according to St. John in chapter 7. Uh, what I've been exhorting us with, I mean, at the showers, I've not been sharing here, but I want to bring the one I shared last Thursday. Introduction. Bring it here today by God's grace. John chapter 7. I'll read from verse 37. John chapter 7, verse 37. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart or belly will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit, Holy Spirit that is, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. So quickly, uh, it was a festival. It was a time of feast. And before then, there had been this suggestion by his disciples that you shouldn't go because of late they've been trying to kill you. Don't go. But somehow, he knew he had to be there. Three major feasts for Israel. But this time around, it was the Feast of Tabernacles, or they call it the Feast of Boots. Celebrating the time that the period of the 40 years they were in the wilderness, their sojourn in the wilderness, and how God took care of them, coming down to stay with them, as it were. And you know this story, that everywhere the cloud will stop, they build their camp. I mean, you put up your tent, that's it. And that's the home. And that's home until the cloud will move again. And there God supplied everything they ever needed, everything. So it was a commemoration of how God kept his side of the deal, even at very difficult times in the wilderness. Manas falling from heaven, waters coming from the stones, glory be to God in the highest. 
And if you read the Psalms, they didn't have to go shopping for new shoes. They never had to. Glory be to God in the highest. I mean, everything was just fine. Except the fact that they found it difficult to really trust this God by what he said. So sometimes they look at it and say, yes, we know what you've said. But look at the daunting situation. And I mean, those are the problems that they had. So it was a festival. Again, they said usually it was the last festival of the year, the end of the agricultural season, and the last of the three festivals in the year. So it was harvest. Glory be to God in the highest. And everybody will come to Jerusalem. Glory be to God in the highest. I hope you understand that every of these festivals, symbolically, was <laughs> pointing to Jesus. Every of the sacrifices, symbolically, will point to Jesus. That's in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. And so, it was, a, it was a very gaily time. When I mean by gaily, I mean a very happy time. I mean celebrating, I mean kind of celebrative mood. I mean everybody was happy as it were. Lots to eat and loads to drink as it were. Glory be to God in the highest. But Jesus did come. And how he announced himself was unusual. They were, they were telling him, don't go because the Jews are looking for you to kill. They don't believe so much in this your ministry. But he knew that he wasn't there to be afraid of the Jews or to make them the focus of his ministry. It was made of them as it were. So he came. And the Bible said it was the last day and the great day of the feast, or the last day of the great feast. So he stood in one corner. And he called attention to himself. Hallelujah. Why? Because most people, in fact, they didn't even know what they were celebrating as it were. It was like the pool of Bethesda. Glory be to God in the highest. They were gathered there waiting for the lake to be stirred, believing that an angel would come down to stir the lake and the first person to get in would get healed. Fine. Let's even assume that, yeah, that's exactly what was happening. That was what it was. But see, the one behind the healing walked in and all of them were still looking at the lake. Isn't that what has happened to us and what is happening to us today? He came in there, but they were busy looking at the lake. And he stood by one of them who had been there for 38 years. And he said, would you like to be made whole? The very reason you are here is knocking on your door. The very reason you've taken all the journey to come and all the struggles, all the fasting and praying, he's right there. We're waiting. He's asking. You can have it, but you don't even know who you're looking for. God have mercy. So he stood there and they made a big noise. Holy Ghost just says, add one more thing to it. Remember when they were praying for the release of um, Peter, the apostles, in the home of the mother of John Mark? Come on, church. They were praying and fasting and praying and fasting and were praying. And God answered. And miraculously it happened. And Peter came to the door. And Peter was knocking. They were still asking God to open the door of the prison. He was knocking. They were still asking God to open the door of the prison. He was knocking. He was knocking. They were asking. Salome said, hey, hey, hey. Somebody's at the door. I think it's Peter. They said, shut up. Who's Peter? But that's what you are praying for. That's what we want to deal with today by the grace of God. Oh, glory be to God in the highest. I perceive a miracle already happened here this morning. Yeah. I can't wait to hear your testimony in the name of Jesus. Yeah. 
How many of you know that God doesn't even need you to do a miracle? You know, he doesn't need you. But he will use man. Somebody shout, hallelujah. Amen and amen and amen and amen. Honestly, something is happening. You say, why are you talking this way? Are you just psyching or psych you? I'm talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. And his word and his power and his spirit. Something is happening. In the name of Jesus. And so, he stood at the corner. Now he just arrived. The last day. Towards the end of the last, the, the, the last hours. He shouted. If anyone thirsts. Let him come unto me. He got everybody's attention. And drink. <laughs> oh, glory be to God in the highest. Go ahead, go ahead and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of life. Rivers of living water. Not a river, not a stream. Rivers. So he got everybody's attention. He did. Then John went to explain what he meant by rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit. Whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. A lot of things have been I mean, a lot of things have been said in these three verses. One, the words of Jesus and the explanation of John, as it were. Glory be to God in the highest. I just want to talk about our needs and our desires. Because what he said was, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. So I picked the word thirst, as it were. What is thirst? Dry throat, dry mouth. Needing water, period, or some liquid. But best will be water. So he said, I mean, thirst is a need. It's a desire. That's literally, it is quenched by water. Hallelujah. No wonder he said, come unto me and drink. <laughs> Holy Ghost. Help me. But we know he wasn't just talking of ordinary water. They've had so much to drink. It was been, I mean, it's been a week of festival and dancing and eating and drinking. So he was talking figuratively or metaphorically, as it were. Hallelujah. So in this light, what is thirst? Thirst is every human need. I'm not saying every human want, every human need. Really? Yeah. If anyone thirsts, but pastor, you know, this is spiritual. I agree perfectly. So, don't you think we're saying that if everyone wants eternal life, oh, yeah, I mean, definitely is there. If anyone wants to know the way of God, definitely is there. But I'm saying that it's everything that you'll ever need to be everything that God wants you to be here and eternally. In the name of Jesus. I say glory be to God in the highest. Glory be to God in the highest. So I picked some meaning, some, de some definitions. Apart from dry mouth and throat, desiring liquid, <laughs> it's, a, it's an overwhelming, 
or a compelling desire. In fact, some, one of the versions says is a drive. It's a need that drives you. That is it's a need that must be satisfied. Thirst. Look at the physical thirst. If you don't find water, you're uncomfortable. And if you are denied that water long enough, you will collapse. That's why it's not a want, it's a need. <laughs> Having said that, I think I'm safe to say as many as we have people here today, we have needs here today. No, Pastor, I'm satisfied. Thank you. But I'm saying to you, you probably don't know your needs, that's why. Every man has a need at every time of his life. For some, everything is fine. It's how to sustain or to maintain that fine state. Because we know here on earth that if everything is fine, you have to put in some labor to keep it that way. If you leave it unattended to, it degenerates. True or false? So some are comfortable. But their problem is how to sustain their comfort. Which is still a problem. It's still a need. And for many, they don't even have. And they are struggling to have to live. For some, there is need for healing. For some, there is need for food. For some, there is need for acceptance, encouragement. We all have needs. So permit me to say that life is need driven. Am I right? I mean, that's the way it would seem to me. Are you now saying that God created us to have needs? I think so. And that explains why he would say, if anyone tests, and he didn't stop there. He didn't say, go to the market. He didn't say, go to the river. He said, come to me. <laughs> we'll get there in a minute. Someone shout, glory! glory. Hallelujah. But one thing I want you to have to, to know up front is that no need will stagnate you in life. In the name of Jesus. I mean the need is not being it's not been created. It's not been born. That it will truncate you, truncate your destiny. No. God didn't make it so. And in the name of Jesus, it will never happen to you. Your image is weak for me. And I explained why I said, come to me <laughs> and drink. If you're not careful, Christianity has become just go get your need met. Which is okay. But the danger is that you are going to get your need met with no regard to the one that missed the need. Our focus has so much shifted that in fact, how do you measure our success? 
A Christian success. All needs are met. Fine. I agree with you. But does that really define Christianity? Because somebody has said to you that, I know some healing, I know some occultists. They seem to have it all. So what are we saying? Praise the Lord. I say praise the Lord. Glory be to God in the highest. So he said, come unto me and drink. Hallelujah. So I look, see working on this test as it were, which is of course now we know is desires. Born in desire. Fervent desire. Compelling desire. Overwhelming desire. They do get met. That's the whole idea. They do get met. The problems do get solved. Somebody shout hallelujah. Because from today, you will find solutions to your struggles. I say you will find solutions to your struggles. In the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. So I just, I thought of it. I said that God must have created us to have needs. Possibly because he never created us to be independent. Really? Yeah. No, but we train our children to be independent. No, 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 not in the light of what we're saying. God never created us to be independent. One, he created us to be dependent on him. Come on, is somebody hearing me? And to be interdependent on one another. And that's why the most important thing in life is relationship. Get it wrong, you struggle. Get it right, everything falls in line. And we say relationship, first relationship with God, number one. Then, of course, with people. So prioritize relationship, Pastor Tyro. Your relationship with God is number one. Above anything you may need in life. Somebody shout, Amen. Amen. Uh -uh. If you don't get anything out of this service, just get your priorities right and come back next week. So that we can compare notes in the name of Jesus. Then have one settled that number two, your spouse. Uh -uh. It's my child. I hear you. It's your spouse. Glory be to God in the highest. <laughs> then number three, your family, your children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Relationships. Look at the book of, look at the epistles now. See Paul break things down for us. Look at Ephesians, look at Colossians. He says so much. Then you talk of <laughs> what God has done for you in Christ and after that you come to that. Then he says, husbands, Wives, parents, children, master, servants, government, citizens. Go and check his letters. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So one, God created us to depend on him. It took Solomon a while to understand that. When he started, he knew, but after a while, he got distracted, but he came back to it. And that's when he wrote, that's when he wrote Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean on, on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge. And he 
matter how bleak your situation is today, no matter how confused you are, all you need is direction. Come to me. But you see, as human beings, we seek so many other ways to solve our problems before we think of God. Because we believe we are intelligent enough. And that's why when we come to church too, all we come to church for is just get that problem solved. Not so much to fellowship with his spirit. Come on. What I'm saying is that there are very little devotion in what we do. We look for the breakthroughs and the miracles and the signs and the wonders, which are good, by the way. But they come readily and more permanently when we come in a relationship and we are conscious of our relationships. Is somebody following me by the grace of God? There's liberation in Christ. He whom the Son has set free is free. It's not the lack or the pain that we now say, no. What can separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing. Hallelujah. So, thinking in that line, look at this verse. Quickly, can you put this for me? Psalm 145, verse 16. Psalm 145, 16. I want you to see this. You know that this is deliberate. Hallelujah. The psalmist, referring to God as it were, shall we read together? You open what? Your hand. Who was the psalmist referring to? God. So we can see that every living thing was created with desire. That must be met. That's why even if everything is fine, all T's are crossed and all I's are dotted, then there's still a desire to keep them that way. In this realm, you have to put in something to keep it that way. If you have attended, you must, come on, if you don't do something, you, it just goes. Look at Proverbs chapter 10, verse 24. I want you to see that. Glory be to God in the highest. I just want to establish the fact that every man has a desire at one time or the other. Glory be. And that's why some people run to the court. They run into troubles here and there. The fear of the wicked. Come on. Shall we read together? And the desire of the righteous will be what? So every living thing has have desires. The righteous have desires. And God will meet them. Yeah. I just went that route to let you know that we are created to have desires. And God is not unaware of the fact that we will have desires. Remember Jesus talking to us in the book of Matthew chapter 6 in verse 33 from verse 25. He says, why are you behaving like unbelievers? Why are you behaving as if you don't, you don't even understand, you have no understanding at all? Why are you behaving as if God does not exist? What's wrong with you? Why are you working yourself to death? Why are you allowing anxiety to minimize your life when God is alive and he reigns supreme? Said, Look at the lilies of the field. Yeah? Somebody shout glory be to God in the highest. I am confident in the name of Jesus that if you allow the word of God to have its place, things will just automatically change. I believe.
believe it. I've been there several times. And I'm grateful to God. He said, see them. Look at the boss of the field. Where are their warehouses? Drought, drought, drought. Mm -hmm. You think drought will affect man, not affect them? But have you ever seen the birds thinking that I will soon die because there's no food? No. Because psh, he flies around looking for food, you'll get. <laughs> so your father in heaven will not allow them to suffer unnecessarily. Verse 3. says, seek ye first. Therefore, seek ye what? Come on. I can hear you. I can hear you. What do you seek first? The kingdom of God. So what are your needs? Believing God for a child. Believing God for a husband and a wife. Looking for a job. The landlord is on my back. These are real needs. Real life. He says, come! Ha! I'm somebody saying, I hear you, pastor. No wonder he says, if you believe in me. He follows it with <laughs> Put that scripture again, let's see. Come unto me and drink. Praise the Lord. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes, because he knew. Are you thirsty? Come to me. The next one is, will they believe? Can he handle my case? Pastor, Jesus said, come to me. Yes! He knew. He knew how man would think. He who believes. Come unto me. And drink. Why would Jesus say, come unto me? Do you know I looked a little bit at scripture? That's why it's good for us to know the Bible. The whole of his ministry is characterized by invitation. The whole. Either he's inviting you directly or indirectly. Whether deliberately or inadvertently. I'll give you some. John 6.35 And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me. Can you hear that again? <laughs> he who comes to me will never hunger. And he who believes in me will never what? We're back there. So what's your test? Can you change your approach? Can you tell me, say, God, it's my work. God, my wife. God, my husband. God, my money. God, my head. That's all. When they say, God, it's your needs that you just think of. Seek it first. I think the pulpit should have to change that. A generation is missing something. Look at Mark eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, all you who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's always come, come. It's always inviting people. Come, come, come. You are not created to live a solo life. Why be even as if the world, the whole world hates you? John six thirty seven. All that the Father has given me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will in no way cast out. It will seem like all his ministry is inviting and inviting and inviting. I can go on. 
I can go on. But Jesus said to them, let the little children come. And where he's not directly verbally inviting, he says, please, you guys come. Let's go right across there. And they all gather. And they so crowd that when you see them, they begin to have compassion again. So whether directly or indirectly. The whole of his ministry is come. His arms are wide open. But human beings will look everywhere else to meet our needs. He's number one. And drink. He who believes out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Why will he say come? He says come with all of your needs. Come with all of your fears. Come with all of your anxieties. Come drink. What does that mean? He said, come for an exchange. As a matter of fact, in the book of Revelation, you hear in Revelation chapter 22, 17, it says, the spirit and the bride say, come. Uh -uh. So the question is, how readily are you coming? And let the one who is thirsty Come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price, freely. But we don't like it free. We want to, we want to be able to make us prisoners and keep us in bondage. Run from Babalao to Babalao. Please pray well over your children. We are training them with this. Then they will marry into a home where is Babalao. They put Christianity as a facade. Hallelujah. So in effect, you say, I know you have this. Come and exchange them. <laughs> you have desires. Somebody has desires. Hunger. <laughs> Sex. <laughs> Pleasure. <laughs> no, no, no. I want to be more like God. I hear you. That's a desire too. Lord, I want to be more like you. That's a desire. Come. If you believe out of your belly, what you lack will be, you so have it that it become a fountain. So with the comfort where you have been comforted, you'll be comforting people. That's the Bible. My prayer, may I never be envious of any man in my life. I'm satisfied with Jesus. That's what my daddy taught me. Honestly, that's what he taught me. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not pretending. That's what he taught me. Be satisfied with Jesus. It's not so in every home. You kill him every, every you must tap on the blood. Nonsense. Where's the blood of Jesus? And if this Jesus can't do it, I'm God, then that's all right for me. When I meet him, we discuss. I know he will deliver us, but if for any reason he doesn't, we're not going to bow. He will be the fourth man in the very furnace. Always. Always. His grace is sufficient. I still have a lot to say about this thing. The time is up. Why will he say, Come unto me? Let me give you one more, one more, two more scriptures quickly. Romans 11 36. Why will he say that? For from him and through him and to him are all things. So why are you running that scatter? From him 
to him, through him, are all things. Then why are you going elsewhere? What's, what's your problem? The Babala will first make you a slave. And what is giving you will not last. The occultists will do the same. Jesus has everything you need. And we always give it to you in exchange. He says, come. Ephesians 3.20 says that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above. Which can ever what? Ask or imagine. Out of his belly. Then he was talking of the spirit. How does he get this thing to give you? Through the vehicle of the Holy Spirit. So what was he saying that? As I close. Yeah. But understand that when he says come, it wasn't a one-time invitation. It's many times invitation. Many times over and over and over and over and over and over. It is the more you come, the more you get. Amen. Come on, Hebrews. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Why? So you can find what? Mercy. And obtain what? Grace. For what? Time of need. Out of rebellion. How? When you come into his presence. I don't know how he does it, but by the working of the Holy Spirit, he meets your need and then it becomes a fountain that flows. So if you are a minister, you only minister from the overflow. You can't give what you don't have. We have something. We have Jesus. And we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. It is the power of God unto salvation. Somebody said in the book of Acts there are no strong personalities like uh, the, uh, the Archbishop, so, 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 the Apostles. So, so. No, no. There are three personalities. There are three personalities. The Word, the name of Jesus, the Spirit of God. That's all. Say, out of your belly, the Spirit of God will flow like torrents of water. You've been cheated. Come! Those cheating you will beg. In the name of Jesus. Shall we rise? And I said to you, in the name of Jesus, he's giving you all things to freely enjoy. There is nothing you lack that he has not made available. On the cross, he said, it is finished. You know what? Because everything you'll ever need from sin problem to the minutest details, he took it upon himself. The Bible said, when he saw that everything was established, he said, I thirst. He exchanged your thirst. Come on to Jesus. What I'm saying is, come on to Jesus. Please go and review. Go and review your stand again. Come back home. Come back to Jesus. More than life itself, more than wealth, more than fame. What the hell? Jesus! You find all these things in him. Please change your priorities. Lift up your two hands. Give him praise. I say, Father, I receive grace to come and come and come. I receive grace. To come and drink and drink and drink. I receive grace. Let your name be glorified. In my life. In my situations. It's all about you and your glory.
I give you praise, I give you praise, I give you praise, I give you praise, and I worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. You are blessed. In the name of Jesus. They have only been with Jesus. That's all. When the elders, when the authorities quiz them and quiz them, and they say, ah! One say, don't you know, they've been with Jesus. That's what happens when you come. The water I give you become a well in you that will flow into eternal life. John 4, 14. Come! Something begin to flow. Father, I commit all these ones to you. And even as we have shared today, what has started, let it become fountain in their lives, in their hearts that will flow unto eternal life. We worship and adore you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's so sweet to trust in Jesus. So sweet. So sweet. So sweet to trust in him. So, so sweet. We give him praise. that you have been tremendously blessed by this message. For additional information and materials from Pastor Taiwo Odukoya, please contact us at the Founding of Life Church, 12th Industrial Estate Road by PZ Industries of Town Planning Way in Lupeju, Lagos. PO Box 698, Shomolu, Lagos. Visit our website at www.tfolc.org. Thank you and God bless you.